In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koi Gear casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. It's January 21st, 2012, and you're listening to episode number 25 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I'm Maggie. And we're coming to you from the non-blackout, still uncensored internet. Hells yeah! Woo! Power make, of the people. Make with the animated gifs, people. <laughs> I'm thinking of the Dumbledore dancing gif in, gif in my head. But more on that later, <laughs> to coin Karen's phrase. Yes. Adventures in Knitting. Karen, go. Me first this time. Yes, I'm making you go first. Okay, I have a somewhat, well, somewhat finished object. It's somewhat finished because I have finished the first of what I'm just calling the Potion Master socks. It's the, the stockinette socks that Run! I've been talking about for weeks. Ah, That cool. were from leftover dye from the Potion Master stole. Cool. So, it's somewhat finished because, yay, I have finished an actual object. But... Not so yay in that, you know, they they kind of come in pairs. Yeah. The whole second sock thing. <laughs> yeah. Not that that's a huge problem. Like, yeah. I've got about, I've done the ribbing and then I've got about an inch and a half of leg done on them. And I mean, you know, it's not a big like, oh no, second sock syndrome because I'll always have some sort of brainless sock that I can work on. It's just still sort of like, okay, I have to do this other one. Which is also kind of a problem because I got my Soctopus book this week. Uh-huh. I want to make all the things. <laughs> like, oh my god, I really want to cast on a, a, one of those socks. You have starditis. Yes. Well, it's not really starditis. It's not that I feel like I have to start a whole bunch of things. It's more like, I really want to do this sock. But the thing is, we have a knit-along coming up soon. Indeed we do. In which I'll also be making a pair of socks. And probably a sweater. <laughs> uh-huh. As yeah. part of the knit-along. So it's Car- more like, I know there are there are projects coming up. Karen's a knit-along overachiever. Usually I'm a huge underachiever with that sort of thing. <laughs> this time it's because it's our knit-along and because it's something I really want to do. It's near and dear to your heart. Yes. And all of the cables don't hurt. And also because it's like, yay, new yarn! <laughs> because for said knit-along, as we had discussed and from the discussion that I've seen from that week's podcast when we first announced this as a possibility, mm-hmm. it looks like we are doing the Watson Socks knit-along. Elementary Watson socks. Yeah. That's sort of the base project. Now, as we've said before, you can take the pattern. The patterns are basically from the sweater that Watson wears on BBC Sherlock, the first episode of the first season. So you can, there are the socks pattern, which we have mentioned, which can be the focus of the knit along because, you know, it's something nice and small so a lot of people can do it. Right. But if you want to do a Watson sweater, go ahead. If you want to make a bag using the patterns... From that, go ahead. If you want to make a hat, if you want to make mittens, if you want to make whatever the hell you want, using those kind of cables and knit and pearl patterns that were used in that sweater and the The whole concept of the... Yeah. Yeah, the pattern. Then go ahead and do that. We want to make this sort of an it-along that anybody can... Feel comfortable get into. with. If you don't, it's your comfort level. Yeah, because, I mean, you guys have your comfort level. Maybe you want to use this to try to make socks, but maybe you just don't really like making socks, or maybe you don't feel you're there yet. So, you know, we still want you to be able to do something with it. And as we were discussing today, and as I had been saying on the, the Ravelry group, we had been talking about starting an it-along at the end of the month, even if we 
we're doing something different. But then... We got lots of positive responses. We got lots of positive responses, and I found a, a rather significant date that's coming up. Yes, you did. According to the... Trust the librarian to do that. Yes. Well, the librarian and, and big old geek, because according to the official blog... Of uh-huh. Dr. John H. Watson. He and Sherlock Holmes met on January 29th. Well, lo and behold, isn't that date coming up? Yes. That yes, seems it like is. A, and it's at the end of the month, too. So that seems like a good day. It's a very auspicious day. So we're going to start that day. And it's not going to be strictly like, you have to start your project that day. If you want to start a project, if you're working on something and you want to start a project in March, that's fine. This is going to be like a long-term thing. You can hop in whenever you want. You can yep. finish whenever you want. We're sort of thinking like, it's a way for like British fans who have just finished the second series can knit something as therapy. Because, oh, <laughs> therapy would be needed. Because it's not spoilery to tell you that therapy is needed. I mean, look at how they ended the first series. And then American fans who are looking forward to the seeing the series in May, you know, you can knit something, you can start knit something in... April, as part of the knit-along. In anticipation. Yeah, in anticipation. As I've said, I want to make both the socks and the sweater, and I'm counting them sort of both as knit-along, so I'm going to be working on this knit-along for months. Good for you. Good for you. (laughs) So there will at least be me in that thread being like, oh my god, I am still working on this. Or, more likely, I was looking at detailed screen caps the other night, which I kind of was, and um, actually the stitch pattern is closer to this. (laughs) Oh, boy. I'll post an updated chart, because I was kind of doing that. Someone is the obsessed. Someone does this with knitwear in movies and TV. Yeah. I should tell you about the time I was freeze-framing the Bourne identity so I could see the pattern on his sweater. I could see you doing I charted it out. Too. Anyway, so, you know, there's no, like, I have to start at this date, but that'll be sort of the day where, you know, I'll put the thread in the group and we can all sort of start sharing and stuff. And I'm not going to start the socks or the sweater until that day. I probably won't start the sweater until later because God knows when the yarn's gonna get here. Speaking of which... Yes. We made an order! Yes! Yes! A webs order! I ordered... Well, I'll tell you what I ordered when it's my turn. Yeah. I ordered yarn for the Watson sweater. I got Valley Yarns Northbridge, I think it's called. Oh my God, my brain, I swear. And Um, you you labored over the colors. Yeah, I wanted something that was... I didn't want to do the oatmeal of the original sweater, because I'm not sure how that would really look on me. But I still wanted it to be sort of a neutral. I still wanted it to be something, a guy, a color a guy could wear, so I wasn't going to do it in, like, purple. Or, even though Sherlock does have that lovely purple shirt. Roar! Um, that, that and the tra- I wasn't gonna do trademark blue pink. scarf are the two two things of color that he has. Excuse me while I, you know, do my thumper imitation. But, yeah, I wanted something, still something manly, something Watson-y. I was thinking, like, maybe a dark olive green or something mm-hmm. like that. But finally, I went with a denim heather color. And I cannot wait for that to get here. Yay! I will be making a few little alterations to the sweater. Okay! Like, Acting some shaping and making it a v-neck instead of a crew neck because v-necks look better on me. Though part of me is really tempted to to do like an actual true Watson, real true Watson sometime later, maybe for the third series. How many Watsons do you need? <laughs> Think about that for a second. Think about that phrase. <laughs> but yes, so that's why I'm basically you know to bring it back way back around. That's why I, I'm trying to hold off on not doing on doing octopus socks because I want to do. These two things from the knit along, and I've got this other pair of socks. Oh, yeah, that tangent we went on about five miles back. And I still have the Strider cowl. That's your, yes. That I'm working on. And which, you know, I could use right about now. Because it's (laughs) cold. Because it's damn cold. Yes. Basically, I finished the first ball. I actually finished it at knit night. I got to knit night, and I was like, oh, yeah. I still only have that Clementine size ball of yarn left. Well, I guess I'll just keep 
working on it, and when I run out, I run out, and I ran out about an hour into Knit Night. So I finally wound the second yarn, the second skein of yarn, but I just haven't joined it on yet or started working on it yet because I just haven't had time the last couple days. So, I mean, I still have the Strider cowl, and then there's the socks. And there's the Watson socks. And there's the Watson sweater. And yeah, so I, I don't need to be starting anything else. You think? Yeah, I, I, I kind of think. You done? Almost. Almost. There is one more thing. One more non-knitting. Yes, it is a non-knitting. So it... Which is also a Sherlocky thing. So it comes into it. Earlier this week when I was seeing brief reactions to the last episode of season two of Sherlock, I knew it was going to be emotional whenever I actually saw it. Whenever that happens to be. And I saw lots of really cute Sherlock plushies, which which I thought I might need to hug while watching it. But I kind of suck at sewing. But one thing I do do is embroidery. Yes, she does. As in, like, I've heard it called, like, surface embroidery, freehand embroidery. Basically, it's where, like, you use, like, an iron-on transfer or some other method. And then what you do is you, you do, like, backstitch or stem stitch or whatever, and you follow the lines. Yeah. I prefer this method to, say, cross-stitch, which I have tried before and have never completed a project successfully, because apparently I can't count. Like, they would, I would always end up off from where it should be and finally it was like damn it I am tired of ripping this out screw it throw it away I like being able to follow the lines it's sort of the paint by numbers okay I, I was but you thinking of analogy to go with paint yes. by numbers but though you can do like different kinds of stitches and stuff that give it you yeah. know a little more artisticness I had this hanky lying around that I got as a freebie from Dharma Trading when I made some, when I got some dye and I had seen online um, people had done silhouettes of Sherlock and Watson. Yes, they have. And then there's an embroidery artist called Jenny Hart who does the sublime stitching stuff, whose stuff is gorgeous. And she's done something where she did a cameo or like a, a silhouette on a shirt. So I was like, what if I did a silhouette of Holmes and Watson on this hanky? And then whenever I see the third episode of the ses- second season, I can ball all the tears into the hanky. I love how you, you caught the curly texture of his hair and just that little area right there. That's good to know because I thought it didn't really work out. But you know, I, I think it I think it sort of like gives a concept of his curly hair. Yeah. So basically what I did is because I didn't have iron-on transfers and because this is a silk hanky and I didn't want to do the iron-on thing. Basically what I did is I printed out, I resized the, the one of the silhouettes I found until it was about the size I wanted. Traced it onto tracing paper with a black pen. And then I put the tracing paper with the hanky on top into an embroidery hoop. Right. So I could see the tracing paper beneath it. Yeah. And then I stitched through both layers and just followed the lines with uh, just doing a plain backstitch. Sometimes a very tiny backstitch. I swear, Holmes took like two hours to do because of his friggin' hair. Because he's got that curly hair, so it's... All the way around his head, it's all these little, like, in and out, in and out, in and out. Watson, however, nicely has that, that military haircut where it's like, boop, and smooth done. until one little divot in the back, and that's it. Yep. And uh, <laughs> His cute little nose. His hobbit nose. Yes, Watson's adorable little nose. But So I've got the two silhouettes on there. I actually tweeted a picture of the Sherlock one a few days ago. I'll post pictures of that and the Watson one. And then what I want to do is find some sort of, like, Victorian or semi-Victorian sort of scroll work design that I can put in all four corners. I've got, oh, and I should mention, I've got Sherlock in one corner and then oppos- and then Watson in the opposite corner. And I want to do scroll work in all four corners. I'd be really curious to see what all of our listeners that are following this series, see what, what kind of crafts they've done. That would be interesting. Yes. Please be sure to share those to, with the group. When you post projects in Ravelry, you can select what group you want to show them to. So a lot of people do that already with all their other projects. Yeah. Feel free to do any project you do. It doesn't have to be geeky. I just want to see it. 
there's already been a few things where I've seen it on, you know, the shared projects and be like, oh, I want to make that and I want to make that. <laughs> but if you have other sort of projects that like, you know, embroidery or whatever that you're not loading into Ravelry, then please post pictures. But yeah, so that was my, my little non-knitting thing. And it was nice to do some embroidery. I really need to do more of it. I just tend to forget with all the knitting projects that I have. <laughs> so that was my adventures in stitchery this week. Okay. What was yours? Well, I'm still plugging away at the linen stitch scarf because it is 230 stitches across, like I've mentioned umpteen times before. So I'm going to be working at it for a little while. Mm -hmm. I did start with the Lua Gems. I did start purple, just vanilla socks. Yeah. And I'm trying to get them a snug fit. And I've gotten to the turning point of the heel for one of them. Thing is that right now my knitting has bitten me back and I've got a split in my skin right in the finger area that I keep pushing. I have a bad habit of pushing my needle down instead yeah. of scooching the stitches up. Is bad habit. Don't do it because then you wind up getting split skin like me and it hurts. Yeah, I do that too with my... Not so much anymore. I think I've got a bit of a callus there now. But my right index finger, it sort of tend to push down yeah. on a needle when I'm moving stitches, especially and especially when you're using sock needles, which yeah. are small. I get the same thing, too, where like right along one of the grooves of my fingertips, the skin will start to split. And this is right near the like the crease of in my fingertip. Yeah. Anyway, but what I did do... Maggie has a boo-boo. Yes. Would you like me to kiss it all better? No, that's okay. Or send you a Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch to kiss it all better? You can do that. <laughs> Actually, I'll take I'll take a dozen. I might keep him. I'll take a dozen of those, dude. If I find out you have a Benedict Cumberbatch, I don't care what laws are in this country. I am coming to your house and beating down your door. Okay, but the other thing I did, non knitting related, was you guys all remember my huge episode eh, previous to the holidays about making a quilt for my brother mm -hmm. and the sister in law, and I got it all put together, but just didn't start quilting it. Yeah. Because I just decided it ain't getting done. I've taken it off the quilt frame because I think I've found that it's like your spinning wheel. Yeah. If it gets set up but put in a corner or put away, don't th really think about it. Yeah. It's not really easily accessible. So what I've done is I've taken it off of the big stand-up quilt frame and I put it in my little lap frame. Yeah. A handheld one. That way I can just pick it up at any point. I could sit in the comfy couch instead of a you know, a proper yeah, straight a back, back chair, chair yeah. which is not comfortable. And I can watch TV as well while I'm doing it instead of... Especially so you're not bending over. You can sort of lean back. And... Yeah, it's really... It's hurt my back on a couple of occasions. So yeah. I've actually started doing that again. And it's, it's going to be my goal this year, dear God, to get that thing quilted. I had that same goal last year. I don't know what I was smoking. Yeah, but when did you start quilting it last year? I don't know. When did you start making it last year? I don't know that either. I can't remember. It wasn't before, like, August. No, uh, no. You had. I remember you had pieces put up on your idea board at the beginning. And hadn't of the started podcast, to assemble yeah. them after sometime after we started the podcast. Yeah, I, like I said, I don't know what I was smoking to think I yeah, could get that. So thing you finished. thought you, it was six months. Now you're saying you have a year to do all the quilting. It's already assembled. Yeah, so like, I think that's doable. Yeah, and the same time that Karen ordered her yarn, I got a set of the Cool Kid Needles. <laughs> the Knitter's Pride Dreams. Yes. I ordered Knitter's Pride Dreams using the gift card that I got for Christmas. And because I have a little bit left over, I also ordered a shawl pin, which was uber pretty. And we'll have to see if it holds up in person. <laughs> because my shawl pin has walked off. It decided to go walk about and disappear. Damn it. That sucks. It does. And Especially because you had a really pretty one. You had the one that I probably would have bought if you hadn't bought it first. It, it, look, it, was, it was a tapered and finialed at one end, 
Yeah. And it was dark ebony, and that was pretty it. It was just elegant and just there. Mm-hmm. And damn it, I can't find it. And you know what? Probably whenever we move, I'll find it like somewhere in Aiden's toy chest. <laughs> Probably. So, or something like that. Anyways. Or underneath something. But then I'll have two shawl pins, so that's okay. Yay! That's always good. Yeah. And I've now organized something in my closet to where all of my scarves and shawls are separated and hanging instead of bunched up. Ooh, nice. So now they have special places. And like you, I'm going to be going on the knit-along as well. I'm debating using the Volmice for the Watson socks. Ooh. Well, it is it is, it is, is a solid color, which mm-hmm. shows off cables well. Yeah. So that is a possibility. I kind of need to take stock to see what I have up there. <laughs> as you bend your neck back to see what's in your baskets. Yeah. Or, well, look at your baskets. Cause yeah, because I can't see in them. You can't see in them. I have four baskets... This is what my stash has been reduced to. I have four baskets up above us on a shelf. I did have a bigger stash, but that's when... That was that was pre-baby time. Mm-hmm. And I, I organized all my yarn in cubby holes according to color. And then I had to give up the studio because it became a nursery. And then we moved to another house and I made a new studio, but I haven't rebuilt my stash yet. Yeah. So, anyways, I have to see what's up there to go to become Watson Socks. Now, oh, what the heck, I'll just jump into it. This is what I promised Karen for Christmas... The thing is, it's still only in sketch form. It's not colored or painted or anything like that. And the thing is, I don't care because it's still awesome. And, and I haven't seen it yet, no, but just the it. idea of you making this for me is awesome. And it kind of makes me squee. Okay, so I made a chibi character of Karen. <laughs> and she's just about ready to pop because I've got my journal open right now. I want to see it. I want to see it. Okay. Like I said, I have never seen this before. I have seen one other person's, but I haven't seen mine. Yeah. And it doesn't look like my schedule's letting me get around to painting or coloring it very soon. So can Again, I... don't care. want to see. Okay, here. Oh my god, that's adorable! <laughs> it's a chibi. Of course it's adorable. That is so cute! Oh my god, there's so much I love. I'm wearing Mary Jane's! You're wearing a Hogwarts outfit. I know, I noticed I'm wearing a little Hogwarts outfit and I've got a wand. Oh my god, I'm squealing. Okay, <laughs> we'll try... <laughs> Okay, let's try. I'm going to try and do this again. Because <laughs> I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm speaking in tones that only dogs can hear. I sound like I've been sucking on helium. Okay. Oh my god. I, oh my, that's so cute. I'm wearing like a little Hogwarts uniform, a little skirt, and knee-high socks. And I've got a little wand pocket or something stuffed in the, the wand, stuffed in the back. And you're knitting a sock. And I'm knitting a sock. And there's a little cat with its tail curling around my leg. And I'm knitting socks. And now and, I should probably- my hair looks awesome. <laughs> I love my hair. I should probably put the deer stalker on you now. Or an I love Sherlock button. She's going red in the face and just getting ready to cough. Oh my god. I feel like I'm gonna explode. Merry belated Christmas. Thank you, Maggie. <laughs> but oh my god, this looks awesome and I love you. Okay. I love you forever. Okay, so I get Benedict now? We'll we'll negotiate you that can later. Share him. You can get him on weekends. <laughs> I have Mondays off, so I still have that day. Okay. So that was a squeeing Karen. Now, moving into squee of geek. Well, obviously this is turning out to be a somewhat Sherlocky episode. I'm okay with that. Not just because it's in the air. It's in my brain, but also because, you know, it's kind of in the geek universe considering the new series has just come out right. and the Robert Downey Jr. movies just come out. So, in the geek universe, the website Den of Geek has posted a list of the top 10 portrayals of Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. 
Um, admittedly, for as much of a Sherlock Holmes fan as I am, I did not recognize quite a few of these. Most of them, because a lot of them are older movies. Like, and of course they have Basil Rathbone on there. Yeah. Which I think is the main one that I remember. Other than the number one Sherlock Holmes was Jeremy Brett from the Granada television productions that were in the 80s, I believe. Okay. Which I can see. It's been years since I've seen them. Now I really want to see them again. But I remember he is like a very good Holmes. And I think he's almost the definitive one. But the interesting thing is that number two is Benedict Cumberbatch. Score! (laughs) Okay, go on. Which I can also see. Yeah, I can see. I can see a lot. I'd like to see a lot. We do see a lot. Yeah, anyway. In Scandal of Bulgaria. We don't see enough of him, actually. Oh, God, no. Digression. But yeah, so it's interesting to... And they have, like, you know, reasoning and description and everything behind them. You can see the full list. Robert Downey Jr. is on the list. I think he's, like, number five or six, actually. But with number one... And, of course, in the comments for the article is all the, like, I can't believe you didn't have so-and-so. Or I know why you had this person in this place. But... Everybody's gonna have an opinion. Yeah, that's what's going to happen whenever you have a list of top 10 whatever. It's kind of a given. You know, I personally like the list. Admittedly, like, I would probably watch the modern Sherlock more than some of the Jeremy Brett ones. But, I mean, considering the character is, his source material is from the Victorian era. Yes. Having a traditional Holmes, a Victorian Holmes as number one is, you know, not surprising. No. Almost necessary. He, he is the classic for the canon. Yeah. I'm just glad that Benedict got number two. I'm kind of girly over it. Because he's so good. Speaking of Benedict Cumberbatch's Holmes, this is going to be, I'm going to try and avoid as many spoilers as possible. I think I can discuss this without revealing context. However, even without some of the context, this could be kind of spoilery if you're the sort of person who doesn't want to know anything, because even the slightest, tiniest hint might be something where if you're watching the show later, you have a realization of, oh, that's what happens, because I've had that happen with me before. People have given me teeny tiny little hints that they didn't think were spoilery, and then I was watching the episode and figured it all out thanks to that, and it's kind of pissed. So, in that case, there is a big spoiler warning right here. If you really do not want any spoilers for Series 2 of Sherlock especially for the last episode, do not listen past this point. Here be warnings. It's only going to be like four minutes. Yeah. But I will still put the time code in the show notes. Okay. Um, Apparently over in Britain, there is a campaign which started on Tumblr and is now in the real world called the I Believe in Sherlock Holmes. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Yes. Someone was talking about, basically... I found the Tumblr where this started and I was such an idiot I didn't email myself the link because I was at work and now I can't find it because Tumblr makes that sort of thing difficult. I will try and find find my hard, try my hardest to find the link so I can pass it on to people. But basically someone was considering like what if you were a person that lived in the Sherlock universe and through stuff that happens in the last episode what would be your reaction? Yeah, what would be your if you were a someone who lived in this in the in the world of the BBC Sherlock right. TV show and you were a fan of Sherlock's. What would be your reaction to the last to the last episode or to the events in the last episode? That would be known to the public because of news and newspaper media, etc. Yeah. So this person said that there would probably be they could see fans in that world creating a Believe in Sherlock Holmes campaign. And that has leaked from a fictional reality to actual reality. I I think that's pretty damn cool. I've seen photos of cards that people have prepared, photos of graffiti and drawings and stuff people have actually made in real world spaces. Nice. That say, Believe in Sherlock Holmes. Nice. Or posters that they have put up. It's actually on, it's on knowyourmeme.com and there's a lot, there's quite a few pictures of some of this graffiti and stuff. All right, I'm sorry. I'm going to go find it. 
And I actually, the really cool thing, though, was when I was Googling to try and find the source for this, I found a question on Yahoo Answers. So be careful if you Google this, if you don't want spoilers. Someone asked, I've been seeing this stuff around that says, I believe in Sherlock Holmes or stuff like that. What is up with that? But So I thought that was pretty cool. And then someone went on to explain, to answer it and explain what it was. But I thought that was kind of cool that there was like a question on an unrelated site that because someone had seen this stuff in the real world and then was curious about it. I think some of these are chalk drawings. Because well, one thing someone was mentioning is like, you know, if you're doing like graffiti, please do so in chalk, not paint, or do it in places where, you know, you were allowed to put graffiti. Oh, look at the size of that one. Wow. Yeah. In snow, I think. Yes, it is. <laughs> It Someone's is. written it in snow. Oh my god! Click on the bus. Oh my oh god! god! It's on the front of a bus! It's on the front of a double-decker bus. Go to knowyourmeme.com and click on all the images below. It says it on a double-decker bus. Like, now the it's, only it's not thing... graffitied on. It's in the bus yeah. light, light You know, the electronic system. thing at the front of the bus where it will say, like, where this bus is going. Just below that, it says, I believe in Sherlock. That is awesome. The only thing is I wish that there wasn't such a huge distance of time between when it was released in Britain and when it was released in the States. Yeah. So that so that this could spread to American fans and actually be more meaningful. Yeah. Now, one thing American fans could do is they could do this sort of stuff in the couple weeks before it comes out on PBS, sort of as a fan-based viral marketing thing. But I kind of wish there wasn't so much of a lag time so that people here could find that yeah. as well. I don't know how many people in the States or in Canada are doing. If I went to Toronto, well, for one thing, if I go to Toronto anytime soon, I am going to be seriously tempted to bring some chalk with me. <laughs> or the other thing is, like, if I went to Toronto and I saw something like this, I would squeal, like, so loudly. Yeah, and then ask somebody get to take your picture standing next to it. Yes. This is the one that I saw on Pinterest. Keep calm and believe in Sherlock Holmes with yes. the, with the like, Union vintage Jack Union Jack it. in the yeah. back. I would love, if we have any British listeners who have seen this, please let us know if you've seen this around. Like, is this, like, a, a big thing? Like, is this actually, maybe it's, you know just in London. I don't know. But if you have, if this is actually becoming a thing, especially if you see any news reports or anything about this, please let us know because I really want to know how big this gets. I'll have to Google again and see if I can find, you know, any news reports or anything just to see like how big this is getting. And I love when things that are in an imaginary world kind of leak into the real world. But in a, in a healthy way. Yeah, in a healthy, not in the, I think I really live in this world. It's more like, like in this sort of way, that's sort of in a viral sort of way. I'm trying to think of something, and I know there was something just a couple months ago that was also a really good example of this, and I cannot for the life of me think of it. They have a Facebook page. Ooh! Okay, so there's a Facebook page for I Believe in Sherlock Holmes. I will link it instead of reading out the URL, because it's kind of long. And now that we've done a Google search, like, this is way more than I was finding even, like, two days ago. This is kind of amazing. And if there are people in the States who have seen this or are doing this, please let us know because I want to know. I'd like, I kind of like to know how much it's spreading to this side of the pond when it's still going to be months before we see it. I want, oh, it would be cool if they had like a day. You know how we're planning on starting the knit along on the 29th? Yeah. If there was a day like the day of, say, Holmes's birthday or something like that. That was January 6th. I'm picking something out of the <laughs> air, okay, without trying to go too spoilery. Yes. But like there is a day to do a mass I believe in Sherlock well there is another day that will be a few weeks after the episode's show okay here, which I should say I should also mention in the for the last episode when I linked to the John Watson blog entry for the day that they first met Sherlock 
or if you're looking at any of this I Believe in Sherlock stuff and you want to look at John's blog, don't look at the front page of the blog if you don't want to get spoiled. If you've listened this far because I've said I wouldn't use context, do not look at the blog, because obviously, major, major spoilers. So that would be johnwatsonblog.co.uk. Yeah. I linked to, in the last post, I linked to, specifically to the entry where Watson's like, hey, I met this really weird guy today. But like I said in that episode's post, do not look at the actual homepage if you have not seen the show. Okay, you're getting a lot of talking of me, mainly because I have three news items, or three items, that all have to do with Sherlockiness, and it doesn't make sense to just split them up just so you don't have to listen to me yammer. Finally comes something a little more interesting. Eh. A three-pipe problem, or a three-patch problem, perhaps. Yes, definitely a three-patch problem. I was trying to think of all the possible, like, Holmes phrase cliches I could think of. As we mentioned quite a while ago, we said that CBS was looking into doing... a modern day American Sherlock Holmes. CBS has announced that they are doing a modern day Holmes set in New York. It's going to be called Elementary. I'm assuming that because they're announcing it right now, it's going to be out in the fall. It didn't say specifically, but it's kind of a guess based on having nine months of prep time. Now, the interesting part is, of course, when this first came out, people were like, oh my God, are they just looking at the BBC shows and getting ideas from there and copying them? Or why are you doing this when the BBC has already done it amazingly? Apparently, according to certain people that are involved with the BBC show, CBS approached them sometime last year, year before maybe, about remaking Sherlock for an American audience. So think of more like The Office, or I think recently there's the American version of Being Human, where they're basically, they go to the BBC and they actually, you know, get authorization to use those ideas, in some cases even the scripts, to make an American version. Now, in that case, it didn't work out. It sounds like the BBC said no, or the creators of Sherlock said no. And now CBS is doing their own version. Yeah. Which somehow seems a little trickier. And I mean, one of the creators, one of the the producers of the show, Sue Virtue, actually said that the BBC will be closely watching for any similarities. And in the article I read about this, they actually talked to a copyright lawyer to talk about this. Yeah. Because one has to wonder. This is serious. This is treading on seriously. Yeah thin ice, dangerous yeah. water, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And of course the copyright lawyer said you can't protect the idea of doing a modern day Sherlock Holmes because it's kind of obvious. Like when the first when the first thing came out about them possibly doing it it's not that far. It wasn't that far-fetched that they might have thought it on their own. I mean, think of how many modernizations of Jane Austen books. We've right. Had. Clueless, Bridget Jones. Right. All that sort of thing. It's not exactly, you know, the BBC has done modernization of Jekyll and Hyde, which there was that one network now that I think around the same time I heard about this one, they were thinking about doing the modernization of Jekyll and Hyde. And that makes me wonder about that one, too. It's not an idea that, you know, someone couldn't have independently. The thing is, the things that are protectable about, or, you know, could make for a case, are things like the plots, the characters, you know, the costuming, the visual style of the show, which I think really... The BBC has done really damn well. Yeah, that's what, some of those things, like, especially the visual style, like, think of how the text messages and stuff appear. That's what make the, makes the BBC version so brilliant, like, besides the acting, obviously, and the writing, is the way they incorporate all those things, the way they incorporate technology into the stories. Right. So... I mean, already, it seemed like they were kind of... It was going to be kind of difficult for CBS to do a version that wasn't too similar to the BBC's. But now that we know that they actually wanted to remake BBC's, that becomes more important. Yeah. That they're not too close. I I can't see why... Okay, obviously, I'm just a little person in the world. Yes. 
I do not have access to the brains that are going on behind this. I cannot see why they are trying to jump onto this gravy train hours after it had left the station. <laughs> like, this gravy train has been and gone, and you are no part of it. Well, see, the thing that I can see is that I think they're banking on a large American audience that hasn't seen the BBC version, or maybe hasn't even heard of the BBC version. There's been a few people, I think there's been a few times I've mentioned it to people, you know, around here, like at work or something like that, I've asked, have you seen this show? And they hadn't really heard about it. Or maybe they... they had seen I, one of my coworkers. I mentioned it to, and she was like, "Oh, I think I saw a little bit of that." But you know, she had totally, pretty much, totally forgotten about it. Right. I mean, the the article I was reading described the show BBC's Sherlock as being a cult hit in America. But I think there's still there's probably a still fairly large part of the population that doesn't get PBS or doesn't watch PBS. You know, wouldn't pay any attention to Masterpiece Mystery, and so doesn't know the show exists. And so maybe CBS is banking on people who are watching CSI and that they can promote it to those people. It still seems like such bad form, though. Yeah. Such I mean, according to, again, according to Sue Virtue, when they approached them, CBS, as she said, but I actually wrote this down, this quote down. She said they... CBS made made great assurances about their integrity. I.e., please let's discuss this and we won't copy it, even if we, even if you decide to say no. So, I mean, I can give them that benefit, then, but it does, see, the way I see it is, like, they have set up these booby traps for themselves. And in actually still continuing to do this when... Now we know that they actually wanted to remake the show. It just makes those booby traps a little more... Venomous. Yeah. A little more like Indiana Jones style yeah. booby traps. Anyways. Because, like, you think about everything that makes the BBC version brilliant. How do you then... You then have to try and find a way to incorporate that stuff. Like, you still have to find a way for Sherlock to use technology and stuff, but not doing it in the genius way that the BBC did. Right. You have to try and come up with something just as good, or even almost as good. Not to mention actors with the flair for the characters. Yeah. That the BBC already has. Yeah. Wow. And this is, we estimate... And some of the characterization, like the three patch problem. Yeah. <laughs> we estimate this all to culminate in the fall? I'm guessing so. I forget if the article actually mentioned when it was going to be coming out, but they've got nine months. They've announced that they're doing it. They could definitely get a show started, I think, for the fall. Or if not the fall, then like as a mid-season replacement. Okay. I can definitely see that. As, well, but... Being yeah. being the little people of the world, we can see where this goes. Yeah. Personally, I'm still sort of like... There's a lot of people that are like, oh, dear God, no, or, you know, like, enraged by it. I'm not quite so enraged. I'm just sort of like, oh, God, really? Why? And it's partly because, really, the BBC has just done a wonderful version. Seriously, guys, just... Can, can you just... Quit while you're ahead. <laughs> yeah. Can, can you just not take this enthusiasm and apply it to another canon? Yeah. So yes, it should be interesting to see what happens with that. <laughs> and that is the conclusion of your little Sherlocky news tonight. Okay. I should mention, when it comes to the actual BBC series, we will be discussing it. Oh hell, we will be discussing it when the new series comes out yeah. on PBS. Yeah. So you're going to have to wait for a while, but we want to make sure everybody can play at the same time. Okay. Yeah, your turn to talk, because I have been yammering for a while. Yeah, but I've been quite enjoying the subject matter. Anyways, last week, you offered up unicorn poop cookies. Yes. I will see you your rainbow bright vomit cookies, and I will raise you a stormtrooper cake. A life-size, uniformed stormtrooper that is cake. He's not a member of the 501st. Right. He's he, a cake. He, do, he does have Rice Krispie feet and calves, though. 
Yeah, we, we'll give him that. But he is 300 pounds of cake. And just to prove it, this is from uh, geeksaresexy.net. They have a showing from the back where they actually did cut down the back to show all of the layers of it. Mm-hmm. And I just can't help thinking that's got to be great serving up a nice piece of Stormtrooper ass. <laughs> I want a piece of that ass! Yeah, something like that. <laughs> that is an epic kind of cake. That it was. I saw it. Maggie was all like, don't look at the tab. I don't want you to look at the tab. It's like, um, I've already seen it. Oh my God. Because I've been looking at geek blogs yeah. <laughs> for news. But yeah, it is it is an amazing looking cake. And someone did sort of take a little punk of the butt out while they were still cutting off parts of the head. Dude, I would so be fighting for the Stormtrooper butt. It's an amazing piece of artistry. And I would also love to see making of photos to see like how they did the armature of it. And all the things so they could actually make something that's that big, that heavy. Yeah. And have it... From what I saw of the pictures, it kind of looked like a bookshelf. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen... Well, yeah, because I've seen on Ace of Cakes before when they've done stuff. Where basically, yeah, they create sort of this this frame and then they have every couple layers of cake, they have a wooden platform to put the rest of the cake on whenever it's going to be very tall. Moving from there further into the bazaar, and I do mean bizarre, not really in time for Christmas, but plenty of advance warning for April Fool's Day, we have bacon candy canes. They look, honest to God, like regular candy canes but they are bacon flavored. I really don't know how to respond to this. <laughs> I have I have tried this new fad of, you know, the chocolate coated bacon and stuff like that and I I have tried it. Cannot say I enjoyed it. Well, in the last few years there's been this whole weird big upsurge in bacon. Bacon is hip. Yeah. Like, there's all kinds of stuff that is bacon-flavored. I remember one of our friends, actually, one of our vegetarian friends. Yes. Someone got her bacon-flavored mints for her birthday. Well, she... She's, and their bacon-flavored stuff. She's always said the one thing she misses the most is bacon. Bacon, yeah. Yeah, which is why she gets a cake that's decorated like bacon for her birthday. Yes! Oh my god, yes, she did. And it she, wasn't bacon-flavored, but no, it looked no. like... It was just the icing just was in the pattern of streaks of bacon yeah. and things like that. There's bacon toothpaste, there's bacon floss and mints and frosting. I think friends of ours have also tried bacon ice cream. Yes, I've heard that. And if I remember correctly, the guys really liked it, and the girls were like, ew, this is gross. <laughs> Which is kind of interesting. But yeah, it just seemed like bacon has become geeky, hip sort yeah, of it's like, thing. Yeah, it's like the power food for geeks. It's, it's like you take, you take a hit of bacon and you get a plus one, you know, life point or something like that. <laughs> Which is probably the opposite of real life, No, really. that is true. That is true. That it's more like a plus one arteries of hardening. Yeah. <laughs> and now moving on to something completely different. A website called Comic Book Resource each week has a challenge that they call The Line It Is Drawn. And basically what they do is they post a question on Twitter and ask for suggestions. And then their six blog artists will draw from six of the... Sim- a picture from six of the suggestions. And apparently last week, it was number 73, and it was a question about superheroes in different historical eras. So people replied with what superhero they want to see in what different historical era. So the topic for last week was place comic book characters into different time periods. Caveman Superman, Victorian Wonder Woman, Civil War Batman, etc. And then they post the suggestion as well as the person's Twitter name and then show what their artist drew to that. One of them was Cave Girl, Squirrel Girl, and her giant saber-toothed squirrel. Oh, Jeebus. There's Celtic Supergirl. Nice. Doesn't that look awesome? I like that. I Admittedly, I don't recognize some of these. <laughs> Puritan Green Lantern. He's wearing, like, you know, Puritan sort of clothing 
with a green sort of capelet and over green top. socks and the green lantern emblem as the buckle on his hat. I love this. And then the Avengers of Imperial China. I love this. Oh my god, I love this. Is that not pretty cool? I love this. I love everything about this. Sorry, I'm squeeing now. Yeah, I really want to go through and see what they've done in other weeks. One of the things that I was looking, I was thinking of when looking through, if I had known about this beforehand, I would have loved to see Regency or Victorian Tony Stark. Maybe Regency, because I can imagine him as sort of like Regency dandy. Yeah, why why Tony Stark? Why not Bruce Wayne if you want a dandy playboy billionaire? Because Tony Stark embraces that world, whereas Bruce Wayne sort of puts it on as an act, at least from what I've seen in the movies. Okay. <laughs> Tony Stark like he act Tony Stark enjoys the ladies and the drinking and the partying and everything. Bruce Wayne is Mr. Angsty Pants. Okay, you got me there. So it seems like more fun to see Tony. Plus, I'm kind of... I was thinking Tony Stark Victorian, but then I was thinking that it might be too easy to just do, like, steampunk Iron Man. Yeah. Which I'm sure I've seen other people, like, cosplaying as and things like that. Which is not, obviously, not a bad thing, because it was awesome. But, you know, if you want to give someone a challenge to, to draw something like that, it would be interesting to see something that involved a little more of a stretch. I imagine could, with, I like, could... the tight breeches and the... The waistcoat. You know, and the... the waistcoat and the... Sideburns, definitely. Oh, yes, the long sideburns. Too. Yes, that could be very rewarding, actually. <laughs> Damn you and your imagery. But, yeah, so I'll link to that. I'll link to that one specifically. At the top of the post, it says it's listed in the line it is drawn you can click on that click on that and it'll give you all the links to all the entries and so you can click through and see what other weeks have done and i really want to take a look at that later now well speaking of comic book heroes and such in this podcast just a little while ago we commented on hand heroes which is a comic book specifically about superheroes and knitters or knitters that are superheroes and one to the other. If you're not ordering online and you're in Canada, there is one store, according to their official website, that you can walk into and buy them. One store for all of Canada. Fortunately, I have a younger brother who lives in that town in Ottawa. So I asked him to swing by the store, and unfortunately they only had one of the four issues that were out. But he got it anyway and sent it to me, and I got it this week. I am withholding my comments for now, only because I passed it along to Karen. Karen's going to have a look and a read, and we'll probably talk about it next week. But just letting you know that we are perusing comic book in question. We have it in our hot little, at least one issue in our hot little hands. And I am going to be looking out for the others. And an important event this week. We mentioned a few podcasts ago about the Stop Internet Piracy Act and the Protect IP Act, SOPA and... PIPA that have been coming up in the U.S., basically where government and corporations would be able to have search engines remove links to sites that contain or link to content that they say is under copyright protected or, in their opinion, has been pirated. Interestingly enough, it would also allow, I read this week, it would also allow the U.S. to do so for websites or to control websites that anything that ends in a dot com really domain it they consider that as being American even if the websites are not based in the states like a dot com dot net 
Org. So basically they can use that to control websites that are not in the U.S. If you want more information, I'll post links again to the websites that have a lot of the, the explanation about how these acts work. Now, earlier this week, you probably heard about the internet blackout that quite a few large websites participated in, such as Wikipedia. That was on Wednesday, January 18th. 18th? Yeah. Wikipedia, um, Boing Boing, Reddit, some other major sites. I think Tumblr? I don't remember. I know Google yeah. had a big black box over it. Yeah. Google had a special design that day. Basically in protest. Yeah. By saying, and like, if, you know, we could be shut down because of these things. Dreamwidth, which is a uh, blogging site, had, it didn't have a blackout, but every time you went to load a page or when you went to the site, what it is, it, op- it loaded a page that was information about it. Yeah. And at the bottom of the page, it said, continue to Dreamwidth. Yeah, it had a notice. So some of them had, oh. some of them had like big notices at the front, and you could still get to the content. Some of them you just couldn't get to the content, like Wikipedia. There were there were lots of small businesses that that did that with the notice. Yeah, saying you know for their whatever purposes that they they were uh, they opposed do not support. To. Yeah. yeah. Well, thankfully. As was announced earlier today or yesterday, SOPA is now on hold indefinitely. And the vote on PIPA has been postponed. It's not completely over, but by the sound of the information I've heard from the people who were behind some of these possible laws, it sounds like there's not really any intent to bring them up again anytime soon. The support for it has been deflated. Yes. And a lot of people were calling their representatives. Yes, there was a lot lot of of urging of that. Spreading the news, which is great. It shows what good can come of free will, democracy, and being informed. Because this was, I mean, this was a pretty far-reaching law. I mean, on the Colbert Report the other night, Colbert actually showed a video where someone had videotaped their dog watching the Colbert Report opening. Yep. And there's a point where there's a big eagle that comes out, and the dog jumps up and tries to attack the TV. And it's just a short clip. And it's basically, you know, you just happen to see that you happen to see the TV in the background because this is what the dog is reacting to. That video. Not only could get that video pulled, you know, if he decided, if this went through and he decided to complain, that could not only get that video pulled, it could get YouTube shut down. You can, they can shut down an entire site, even if one little piece of content is there. Or if a site links to content. Right, right. So if we link to the video from a, you know, of cosplayers, lip-syncing Pink's Razor Glass. Yep. And her, you know, music company decided to... Be upset about it. Be upset about it. We could get blocked. Yep. From showing up in search engines or from letting, allowing your IP to get to our website. Yep. We would be done. Yep. So power to the people. Yay. Well done, everybody. The fight is not completely over yet, but it is it is at least one battle won. Yes, it is. For the moment, which is always a good thing. Now, as for cravings, covets, and crushes, Maggie, I believe you have something. I have something special that I've been holding on to for a little while. This is called the Fellowship of the Socks. He. You can find it on Ravelry, and it is by Claire Ellen. It is a... It is a collection of sock designs, obviously, and each one is based after a character of each of the series. And they're not even in groups like the dwarves, the hobbits, the whatever. Merry has his own sock, Pippin has his own sock, Sam has his own sock, and Frodo has his own sock, Strider has his own sock, Legolas, and Gimli, and it's it's awesome. It is awesome. It's beautiful design. Yes. They are gorgeous designs. Yes. I think I've added like three or four of them to my queue, and they're sort of a placeholder for other ones. 
Yeah. So when I see those, I'm like, oh, I should check out that entire set, actually, not just these ones. It's it's a really beautiful set that I really like. And I I don't know why, but I'm kind of drawn to the Gandalf ones right away. And of course... I think the, I remember really liking the Gimli socks, too. And of course, the, the Legolas one has this big swirly leafy pattern. Yes. They are really pretty designs. <sighs> they are. And I think we might have to knit something like that in preparation of The Hobbit. Yep. In December. We might have to have a knit-along. Gandalf would show up there. Maybe some other dwarven socks will surface. I don't know if there's a Bilbo one in this set. I don't know, but I'm sure that one can surface by that time. Yes. If anybody out there is so listening. there's an idea for a Bilbo when the sock. Hobbit comes out. Yes. And just a little shout-out that I'm going to do for... I've told you guys before, I've fallen into Pinterest and I'm not getting up. I have upstairs a cake that I have just made from a website that I found via Pinterest called Smitten mm. Kitchen. I've I've seen a few people link to it, so. I really, uh, okay, I've only made one recipe from the site, but the site is very aesthetic. It's nicely organized. You can see it not only according to appetizers, mains, and, you know, soups and desserts. It's also per season, so you could use mm-hmm. the foods that are in season in your area. They have specialty diet stuff, and I just made, I looked up for a honey cake, and she came up with a honey cake recipe, and she gives a backstory about this recipe, saying, you know, every honey cake I've ever tried, I never really liked, I decided, this is my job, I will make it good, damn it, (laughs) if I have to. Make it so. And she went through several incarnations of the recipe before making it really good, but it's moist, and it's got flavor, and... And I've got a cake upstairs that's already half demolished because... It was good. I'm impressed with any recipe that puts four teaspoons of cinnamon into a cake batter. It's a pretty big cake, though. No, it it was a bunt cake, so it was a pretty big cake. Yeah, Smitten Kitchen. I've only tried one recipe so far, but I'm enthusiastic about the website. Yeah, I know I've seen the website before, and at least the, the pictures and everything are really gorgeous. So if the food's half as good as the way the site looks, then the food's gonna be good. Yeah, food's gonna be good. Speaking of which, I want more cake. Yeah, me too. You want more cake? Yes. Yay, cake! I want more Benedictine cake, but I'll have to settle for cake right now. Guys, we gotta go. I'll be in my bunk. Yep. (laughs) See you next week! Thanks for listening. To visit our show notes, listen to old episodes, or leave something in our tip jar for our microphone fund, you can visit us at knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1 G-E-E-K 2.mt-p-o-c-k-e-t-s.org. You can also comment on our Ravelry group. Just search the Ravelry groups for Knit One Geek 2. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at www.twitter.com slash knit one geek 2. Have a good week, everybody. I will see you, your uniform, uniform, unicorn. <laughs> uniform boot. Yeah. <laughs> Jeebus. You're thinking of Watson in his army uniform, aren't you? Whatever.